Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor program, Five Reasons Sports Network, also on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. You can catch us there every day from 10 a.m., to 11 a.m. Also check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com. There you can get all of our podcasts, including not just this one, but Three Arts Per Carry, Five Rings, Canes, Light Skin Opinions, Balls Cast, Shula Bowl, and more, all of our latest columns, opinions, and our YouTube channel. Several new YouTube shows are going up. Also, we've gotten permission to post a bunch of these Zoom videos with the Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, and the other teams. So those are going up on our YouTube channel. Also check out all the great sponsors in the five reasons sports network. We appreciate everybody who's helped us kind of get through COVID. We're not totally through it yet, but obviously hoping to come out the other side. One of them is you break it. Wheel fix. It's you break wheel If you're looking for powder coating for custom color changes on wheels, if you're tired of your wheels, you want to give your car a new and refreshed look by powder coating them a new color. And yes, you can do the vice colors for the Miami heat. They've also got a dolphins, uh, color scheme up there too it's really really cool you should check it out on the twitter account you break wheel fix on twitter if your wheels are faded and scratched you can renew them with their in-house wheel refinishing you can repair damaged wheels that are curved bent or cracked and they've got 15 years of experience mark's been doing this a long time so give him a call at 305-748-0112 that's 305-748 0112. It's in North Miami, and we've got a deal for you. You get 10% off four wheels by using the code Five Reasons Wheels. So, again, the website, I always do this wrong, but it's you break wheel fix, W H E E L fix.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney. AKA Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. Started something on the last episode. We're going to start you with a floor plan every time, just to tell you who's here, what we're going to be talking about. I've got Alf on Sydney back, Alf954. I've got Alex Toledo at Tropical Blanket on Twitter. Check out the last episode, which we did with Greg Sylvander. Today, I didn't even realize this, guys, until <laughs> I went on Twitter today and people were posting about it. Four years to the day of Dwayne Wade announcing he was going to Chicago. And he didn't really announce it as much as he texted a handful of people. And I go back to the text that I got from him because I had been communicating with him during that time. He was not happy about what was going on. People around him were not happy about what was going on. And his text to me was, I said, is it done? because there were some reports out there that it was finished. I said, is it done? And he texted me back and he said, they didn't even try. And he went to Chicago. And what we're going to talk, what we're going to talk about today, he, he, he basically met with Mickey and Mickey hugged him. That's what, that's what he told me at the time. And he thought there was going to be a counter 
as we know, he went to Chicago for essentially no more money because the money was the same when you, you know, you went, looked at Illinois taxes and Miami, we were kind of laughing at Denver at the time, but as it turned out, they were building a pretty good program. That was the other team that was involved. Of course, he goes to Chicago. It doesn't really end up working out for him there, but he's, he's teammate with Jimmy Butler for the first time because he hadn't been at Marquette, obviously. Jimmy came after him. Uh, and then he ends up going to Cleveland. We don't like to talk about that when LeBron, and then he's traded back here on the trade deadline uh, for a second-round pick and, of course, finishes, which never even materialized, and he finishes his career here. Alf, I'm going to start with you. Looking back at it at the time, what was your reaction to the entire summer of 16 and the decision that he was leaving? Um, before we get started, I'm going to state that all this is actually a hypothetical because none of it actually happened. I refuse <laughs> to uh, acknowledge the Chicago and Cleveland uh, years. It was kind of just like a nightmare fever dream. So that's first of all. that. So none of it ever happened. So I will, I will stick with your hypothetical because why not? We have to do a podcast. But um, I remember thinking at the time, pay him. Whatever he wants, pay him. And then when the numbers started coming out, thinking, well, that seems fair. You know, what? It, whatever you want to say, if it was a two years for 20 million, um, you know, the numbers were going around, but I believe that I think everyone kind of uh, settles on the two years for 20 million. And to me, I felt that was fair. So once that number came out, I was like, okay, well, I think that's fair for Dwayne. He's on the downside of his career, but you know, they owe him, you know, like let the guy just go out the way he needs to go out on the Miami heat. Don't let him go anywhere else. Cause that'd be a complete travesty. So when he left, I guess I felt like, well, I guess the Heat did what they needed to do to keep him. And I feel like what they did, what they gave him, what they offered was fair. So it was bittersweet, but I felt like at the time I was kind of on the Heat side of it. But mostly because, you know, as a fan looking in, you don't know all the permutations of the deal, all the disrespect, all the hurt feelings. I mean, both ways. You know, uh, Dwayne w w on IG with his son singing, bitch, better have my money. Like, <laughs> all that stuff was, it, it, at the time, it was, you know, you're looking at it and it's just like, you don't know what's going on and you can't even understand how these people that you've seen get along for over a decade are worked together to put together the big three. I mean, champion, championship parades, champagne baths, all this stuff. How can they not figure this little simple thing out? And it was it was jarring. It was really really heartbreaking. But I will say, at the end of the at the end of the deal, when Dwayne Wade left, I I thought the Heat were in the right. Alex, uh, everybody was emotional on social media as this was going on. I I was dealing with this on a night to night basis, um, and I can't emphasize enough how emotional Dwayne was. Um, and I I remember. <laughs> thinking to myself, why is it that he and Pat can't get on the same page? And, and that was a question that Dwayne kept asking over and over. You know, I don't know why he's not talking to me. <laughs> People around him were saying, I don't know why he's not talking to me. Now, Pat has since acknowledged that that was a mistake, that he should have gotten involved. Um, I think people forget that the summer before, Pat had to kind of get out of the way because he and Henry Thomas, you know, maybe rest in peace, we're not really connecting. And it really wasn't until Dwayne went over to the Arisons and, and Mickey and Nick, you know, made the one year $20 million deal that it got done. But I, I guess when you look back at it, who did you blame Pat or Dwayne? See, I was never one to blame with this situation. I think there was very fair parents 
excuse me, very fair points from both sides about this, right? And you were kind of reminiscing on it today, but I was actually thinking about that recently, about that segment that you had with Levitard when you were on 790, and you were kind of giving the perspective of Wade's side on the on the situation, and Levitard was giving Riley's side. And and I came out from that like, yeah, I get it from both of their perspectives. And I think if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Wade just because of, you know, he he kind of has a tiebreaker in every which way for considering his impact on the franchise, which we don't even really need to get into. And I think that's why I probably give him the edge there. At the end of the day, it was an unfortunate situation that I think turned out better than we would have acknowledged it could have turned out at that time. And how how could we have known? But uh, yeah, I, I, it was an extremely emotional day for me as well. <laughs> And the decision to go to Chicago, that, that was the other thing. I, I felt like at the time it was the only thing Dwayne could justify. Yeah. And, and he was trying to do it in his head. He was trying to do it with people to kind of explain, you know, that, okay, this is home, but it never felt like home. Um, the last column I wrote about him before he left, which was for 1A of the Herald, was about him going there. And it was written, I was with Mike Wallace. Dwayne gave a camp or had a camp before he left. Um, downtown I, I always forget the facility he was at and I was just talking to a lot of people who were around him who Lisa Joseph and Lisa's husband uh, Bobby and every, everybody else who, who ended up doing the video uh, for last dance and they were all around him and they just kept you know saying yeah he he's miserable <laughs> he's miserable like he, he looked miserable like he just didn't want to go like they were supposed to go to Chicago to plan a press conference and they were kind of putting it off like he just he didn't want to leave like he never wanted to leave. I think it's interesting you to say you didn't blame every, anybody because I felt like everybody at the time was blaming somebody. Um, yep. And 75% of people were blaming Pat. And I think when you mentioned, you know, when I mentioned to well, I was Twitter, on the other side of first, I was definitely feeling like, okay, two years, 20 minutes, just like I said, seems fair for both sides. Mm -hmm. But I do see now, like I, you know, just that was an outside perspective, whereas you have kind of given, given us some more of the inside perspective was if Wade really felt like they weren't trying I kind of believe him. I kind of, I'm sure he didn't want to leave. I don't think he was just saying that just to have an excuse to leave. I think the Chicago point is a good one. Whereas like if he was going to leave somewhere, it was, it was to Chicago because they were competitive and had another star and it's where he's from. And he, we already knew he wanted to play there, but yeah, at the time I, I was, I was on the other side. I think we forget sometimes and take for granted that these guys are human. Like mm -hmm. I've left yeah. jobs and taken pay cuts when I felt disrespected. Right. Like I think, you know, that's a very, very relatable thing. The job yeah. I have right now, I took a pay cut to come to this job because I was tired of being suspected at the company I worked at. I was tired of being overworked. And eventually you just say, you know what? It money is not about money. I just, you know, I just need to go somewhere and be happy. Now, unfortunately for Dwayne, it sounds like, um, but listen, that's just a part of life, right? Well, I, I think part of it was, and I, I don't, I think we're so far out that I can tell some of this stuff. You know, I had a lot of conversations with Gabby during this time and Gabby, you know, when she gets on a roll, um, she will talk a lot. And one of the things that she kept harping on was that Dwayne had looked at Pat as a father figure to him. And that's why it made it. It, it wasn't hurt him. So it, it hurt him. He was hurt. It wasn't just about the money. It was about 
not being valued. And, and I think everybody put that in the context of money. And I was trying to explain when I was on the radio every day, this isn't really about money. It was about how, look, I think any reasonable person, you know, could justify taking a run at Kevin Durant. Okay. Uh, I think Dwayne understood that to a degree, but the white side thing, as much as there were other offers for him, other maxes, other possibilities, and the Heat had to act when they had to act if they wanted to keep him and they didn't want to lose the asset. And Pat obviously is old school about centers and everything. What else. a great asset that ended up turning out to be, by the oh, way. It was, it, it was well, it, it got the Myers. Everybody's happy about Myers now. Um, but they, I think the way that they looked at it, or he looked at it, was, you know, I did everything right. I gave up money. I got you, LeBron. Yep. I played hurt. I did everything right. And here's this guy. And I don't think it was meant to disparage Hassan personally. I think actually Dwayne likes Hassan personally. But it was this guy who, like, you're trying to talk yourself into that he's someday going to do things right. And you're passing over me to take care of him. And you're not even communicating with me. And, and I think that's, that's the- where it was painful. Like, he felt like he had a father figure who basically abandoned him. And I know there were reasons for it. Like I said, 2015, Pat was told to get out of the way. Okay. So I, I understand what he did, what he did. But when we had Labatar, look, Dan always will say that it wasn't Pat giving him everything. He had a very Riley like spin on this. Okay. I think people kind of knew as much as I tried to hide it, that I was communicating with Dwayne a lot. Um, not to say I don't have a relationship with the organization and not to say that Dan didn't have a relationship with Dwayne, but Dwayne was angry at Dan at the time. Okay. I, I got a bunch of those texts too. Okay. Where's oh, he man. Getting? So that, that wasn't a bit. Oh, no, no, no. He was angry at him. He was angry at him. Is that he, article? No, no he, yes. No. Uh, Dwayne read the article for me on a DM string line for line. Okay. Wow. He, all right. So I seriously what, thought that was a bit this whole time. No, no, no. That was not a bit. <laughs> that was no at the time. No, at the time. I don't know what it is now. I haven't, I, but I'm just saying at the time, no. And the other thing, you know, just like, I mean, a lot of this stuff was not bits. I mean, what Dan talks about, about how, you know, Pat sending him the, you know, a column basically to write when LeBron left and Dan, you know, talking him out of it and deciding not to do it. That was all true too. Um, I wish Dan had showed me the column, <laughs> but I tried, but I, that was not a bit, but I think w- what happened was again, that Dwayne was, was just, I think he was confused. I think he was just confused that he wasn't valued. Um, and you know, he felt like he put it all out there for the organization and here where they're going to uh, white side, really, you know, really like I, and that was kind of his reaction to it. And then I think to a certain degree, he wanted to make it hurt for them. And I think going to Chicago, calling it his home, all that stuff, it, it made it hurt. And oh, don't forget the most hurtful part was him calling Rondo the best point guard he ever played with. I'll never forget. Oh, he's, he did say that, right? <laughs> was that hurtful to Rio? Who is that hurtful to? Hurtful to Rio, hurtful to Jason Williams, hurtful to Goran Dragic, that Rondo, the Bulls Rondo, we're not talking about Celtics Rondo in his right. prime, putting up a triple-double every game. And you know, beating the Cavs. No, we're talking about Bulls Rondo. I mean, ah, I would never forget that, Wade. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, there were a lot of things I think that he said at the time that he wanted He wanted to get the point across. I mean, Dwayne was listening to everything on the radio. Like, Dwayne was in New York, and I, I think he was doing this with others too. He messaged me and said, when are you on today? You know, I mean, oh, wow. he, 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 was, he was listening to everything. He wanted well, to know everything that was happening. And, and I just think that it got to a point with him where, um, you know, I think one of the fascinating things about covering the elite of the elite that I didn't realize before I started doing this is that everybody's insecure about this stuff. 
Like Shaq's one of the most insecure athletes I've ever covered. LeBron was insecure about things. And during this period, Dwayne was insecure about stuff, about where he stood with the organization, with the community, everything else. And he really didn't want to go. And he went uh, because of it. We're going to continue this conversation. And later we're going to talk about sort of how this played out and whether or not it ended up being the best thing for Dwayne for the organization. But I want to bring somebody on. Um, we've got a bunch of new sponsors in the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're going to be working with this one for quite a while going forward. You can find them. They just launched a website uh, called – our guy is Chris Chase, and he just launched a website called safecubbies.com. That's just up in the past week, so you can check that out. Um, but what we want to actually bring Chris in on this particular conversation. Before we do, uh, Chris, tell everybody a little bit about your business, and then we'll kind of get to the meat of this because I know as a Heat fan – you experienced this firsthand also. Uh, hey, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I'm excited to be on here, Ethan. I'm very impressed with you, what you, what you have done with the network. It's fantastic. Alex, Alphonse, I, I miss the uh, post-game analysis. You guys are doing a fantastic job. That being said, um, I had a trade show exhibit company, which I still have, obviously, because of COVID. Kind of, I'm the first company to where everything shut down and I'm going to be the last one to come back because conventions and all that stuff are going to be down for a while. So real quick, Safe Cubbies came about. Even before COVID, I wanted to redo my offices and I couldn't find really cool cub cubicles. And one of my coworkers said to me, hey, Chris, why don't we just do it ourselves? And I was like, well, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. Let's do that. Then COVID hit and all of a sudden I was like, wow, the open floor plan is ending and it's time, you know, let's do this. So we started designing it and we made a new cubicle system that's modern and clean and beautiful. It works for COVID and open floor plan, but it's really a long-term situation. So I'm excited about it. And uh, we just launched this week and I'm happy to be, you know, promoting it out here and being part of this, you know, program to do it. All right. Well, now let's throw you in the fire. Um, right. <laughs> since you're here, you made the mistake of praising Alex and Al for post-game analysis, so I, I won't Big hold mistake. that against you. Well, when Al shows up, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's true. After the game, that's a good point. That's a good I miss point. him sometimes. <laughs> I got to go home. You're, you're, you're the one. He's, he's the one with the day job. Al, Alex has all kinds of jobs. Um, how did you experience this as a fan, but also, I mean, you're in the business world and you kind of deal with relationships and, and, and the interaction, and we were communicating a little bit on text before this about – you know, the disconnect that happened between Pat and, and Dwayne, how did you experience it? All right. Let me just first say this. I've been completely depressed without basketball. So, you know, uh, Understood. It's, Same. It's, been, it's been brutal, but that being said, you know, you know, I'm a person that just goes forward, whatever. But as far as this topic, as far as Dwayne and Pat, I mean, it comes down to communication. You know, you touch on it. The reality is it's old school. I think Ethan kind of touched on that. And it's new school with Dwayne. I mean, the evolution of the sport and the way that players have evolved in their thinking and being, you know, part of the business versus just kind of being a part of the business. I think that's pretty much what, you know, I can relate to. You know, I'm 48 years old, right? Even though you can't tell. You probably think I'm like 30. but Same 40. with me. Same with right. me. 40, exactly. 47, look 28. So it happens. <laughs> but I have a partner in my previous business that's 80. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of times the communication, I have to really just kind of be open about it and say, look, this is how things are going to be and how they are, where he's 
old military and old school. And it's the communication is a little sometimes off. So I think that a lot of the issue was just the fact that, and I think, you know, I'm not like Ethan, I don't have the, you know, the tentacles in, you know, to the heat organization, but I'll be honest with you. A lot of the times it's just communication and Dwayne probably just wanted better communication and he, and he could, he's a big boy and he probably, he could probably take it. And I think that's what all this led to. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, when, when I look at it, I, I, I think the communication breakdown, um, but, but, which was from Pat mostly in his view, but, but I also, I also think it's, it's the wanting the validation and, and I just don't think he got the validation pretty much from anybody and you're still waiting. It's kind of like, okay, this hits close to home for a lot of us, but I think like, it's kind of like you're in a relationship with somebody and you say, you're going to leave. You're going to leave. If you don't do this, I'm going to leave. If you don't change, I'm going to leave. If you don't show me that you care, I'm going to leave. And then you leave and no one chases after you. And you're like, you're like, Oh, wait a second. Why did you, why did you chase after me? Ethan, he got the validation when I'm telling you, he basically carried the last, you know, that one season. I mean, I was there all the time. It was, everybody was there for Wade. I'm not, you know, when he came back, when he finally came back, I well, think when, that well, validation when ca- was solid. When, when he came back, but I'm talking about beforehand. I no, think no, that- no, I know he didn't get it then, but he yeah. eventually got it. And he, I think he, that Riley saw that. Yeah, no, he, he did get it. And that's what we're going to get to next. Um, right. And I, I want, I want to touch on that. Um, and let's let's get to it actually right away. Let's do this now. Right. We look back at this now, four years later. Everything that happened, him coming back in the se- uh, you know for the second round pick, which again never really cashed out. Uh, the Last Dance tour. I put this on Twitter today, and some people objected to this. I'll start with you, Alex. You know, if if you still had Dwayne, uh, you probably don't have Bam now because you wouldn't have been positioned most likely after the 16, 17 season to draft him. You probably don't have Jimmy because that whole conversation about Jimmy coming here to Miami seems to have started when they played together. You might not have Tyler hero because of the way the things played out in the end, when you look at all those, and there are people who objected to this, they, you know, I've heat beat John Carlo novice made it. I thought a relatively compelling case that, you know, you would have been better off and you should want to sign the Tyler Johnson contract and everything else that happened after that. See, Can we look back at this and say this was for the best? I think the compelling point that he made that I'm still kind of not sure where I stand on it is that they would have had more, uh, you know, capital to use with that money that they gave to Tyler, Jan- uh, Tyler Johnson and others. I would have to actually look at that to see if that's true. But if that is true, I might kind of see it both ways, right? Because if they did have the the money to use in free agency you're right they wouldn't have you know they wouldn't have been able to land bam because they probably have a higher spot or maybe they would have right because bam wasn't supposed to go that high at the time we don't know but i can kind of see it both ways alp is there any way you can look back at it and say it turned out for the best um yeah you can say <laughs> i mean it didn't feel like it until like uh a year ago <laughs> before then it didn't feel like anything turned out for the best um now for Dwayne's career and his legacy in Miami I do think it actually turned out for the best so if you look at it from that standpoint I think he was starting to become even by the fan base here underappreciated right when he was leaving um and I you know that I think that was a part of everything that happened I think the the LeBron years um 
that 2014 season where he just, you know, uh, he just was not himself in the finals. I, I think his star was, which sounds weird, was actually starting to like dull a little bit in Miami. And I think him leaving and coming back created a whole new appreciation for Dwayne. So on Dwayne's side and his legacy and, and you know, him going down as the greatest athlete in the history of Miami and, and South Florida, I think it was actually uh, – it did work out for the best. For the Heat, it's hard to say, right? Because even if Dwayne had stayed, you'd still have the Hassan Whiteside contract. Now, yes, they wouldn't have handed out some of the other deals that they handed out, but who knows – what else they would have done in a win now situation exactly, with yeah. Dwayne Wade as their best player. Right. Um, you know, they never really bottomed out, but I mean, they bottomed out just at, at some point just because they weren't good enough and they would have been a better team if Dwayne was here. And then also the Chris Bosch situation happens no matter what. So right. what does that, what does that look like with you paying Dwayne, you're playing Dwayne 20, you're pl- uh, paying Chris Bosh uh, 25, and you're paying uh, Hassan 22, right? What does that look like? So I, I think it's kind of – it's hard to say uh, that things would have been – they would have been better off if he had stayed. I think now you look at it this year, it's hard to look at the team they've put together and the guys they drafted, the undrafted guys they brought in, and say, oh, it, how could it have been any better than this? Well, well I mean, it's 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 – it's hard to play these, you know, these hypotheticals because there's so many factors. And to me, the biggest factor is a Chris Bosch injury. No you know what's interesting that. to me? Right, go ahead. Is uh, the, the summer of 17, which was the year after Wade left, the year after they ended up signing Hassan and Tyler Johnson. And the summer, of course, where they signed uh, Dion and James Johnson and Olenek to the four-year contracts. What would have gone differently about that summer if they would have signed Wade instead? Would they have signed? Would they have re-signed Tyler? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like they they would have had. You know, they would have signed Hassan Wade and Tyler each to twenty million plus. Or I mean, well, no, Tyler wouldn't have made twenty million in the first year. But you know what I'm saying? It's a three yeah. big contracts that summer. It didn't seem like that was their plan. So I think there there is so many factors, and it's like if they never do, <laughs> if they sign Wade, do they ever sign Dion and JJ? That probably doesn't. You know, they'll. You know they're probably not as bad as being able to get that 13th pick. Well, they probably don't sign Dion, right? I mean, but they got Dion for one year, two point seven. That but that was in 2016. Year. Yeah, 2016, yeah. right? So do they re-sign him the year? Well, yep. I mean, okay. Well, he okay. If Dwayne was still there in 16, 17, playing close to the level he played at in 15, 16, then Dion doesn't get the kind of minutes that he got. So you're probably not encouraged in any way to make them. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org mistake that they made giving Dion four years at 50 they don't even sign Dion for 2.7 mil that summer I don't think 
Probably yeah. not, right? Because they had those deals all ready to go. That that was one of the amazing things was then this is an Andy thing, but they, they basically had like five deals ready to go. Remember, it was it, yeah. they, not only the five, the four signings, but they had Luke Babbitt trade lined up. It was like, oh, oh my God, like, <laughs> wait, how long have they been planning this? <laughs> or, or did Andy just whip this up in three minutes? Uh, they had all these things ready to go. But by the way, Dwayne noticed that too. Uh, he noticed that too. He he recognized that it was like, oh wait a second. That they made like fifteen deals in the thirty minutes after he uh, right. It was he like, okay, don't yeah. let the door hit you. Okay, we got. But so you you, you probably don't even have a James Johnson to resign. I you you never know, right? Right. Who, who they would have brought in, but a lot of those names wouldn't wouldn't have been here. But at the same time, like I said, you still had the 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 Bosch injury and the Whiteside contract to, to deal with. Plus, Ethan, now you're playing Dwayne twenty million. Ethan, could I ask you guys one thing? Go ahead, Chris. All right. Who's okay? Mine is Jimmy. Who's the core four? You mean on and what? On the Heat. Who's the core four? The young core four. Uh, Bam, Hero, right. um, Robinson uh-huh. at this point, and, and who we say DJJ guys at this point. Just well, none. Justice. I'm going none, but you right. guys. I was going to say, does none count in here? Because I would throw him I would. DJ to me, star. that's a core four. So as long as we funnel down to those four to me, that's it. I'm happy. Well, but okay, but here's okay. So let's look at all these players <laughs> individually. What what would what would have ended up happening? First thing, let's look at the 15-16 team. Okay, they we can all talk about how they might have made the Eastern. They would have made the Eastern Conference Finals if if Hassan doesn't get hurt, right? Uh, but also, you had Luol Deng was coming up as a free agent, right? Um, and we saw the money that he got <laughs> with the Lakers. That wasn't something that they were willing to pay. You you had Josh and Justice emerging, but I don't know. But again, Bosch's situation changes the whole dynamic of it, right? Because you, you thought you were going to have him going forward. If you don't, what was really the upside of that team? And then, like I think Chris is talking about here, the Heat turned to a developmental focus when Dwayne left, right? So, you know, they didn't get none at that time. They didn't get Robinson at exactly that time. But the organization kind of turned the way that it was operating a little bit, and it became more Spo-centric. He got more of his coaching staff in at around that time, more of a developmental staff. And so it it is hard to say exactly what direction they would have gone, but would all those guys have been here? I'm not sure. I I think the point that one of you made earlier is if you still had Dwayne – and you were giving him the Kobe contract. And it wasn't quite the Kobe contract, but it was significant. If you still had Dwayne, you were going to be playing to win big as long as he was here, right? And so Mm -hmm. if you did, you probably don't do some of the things developmentally that you ended up doing with him leaving. I think the Heat had the right approach. We've talked about this many times by signing all those one-year deals. When when Dwayne left, the mistake, of course, was the re-signs. But it wasn't the signings at the time. It seemed like they had the right approach, which is we'll take a flyer on guys, see if we hit, and at the same time we'll start to create more of a developmental culture in the organization again. And they hit, man. They hit hard. Wow. Well, they did, and that's the thing. So I guess if we look at it that way, I mean, which of those guys, Alf, do you think would be here? I mean, how different would this team look? Probably very different. Very different just because you don't have – who knows where you're falling in, in, in the lottery, right? Um I don't. I don't know if they've been significantly better. I mean, they probably still would have been a middle of the pack team. So maybe you do get Tyler, and maybe you do get Bam. But like you're saying, 
the whole the, the identity of the team changed when Dwayne left. They became a more spread it out. Uh, it became a much a, a much better three point shooting team where, where now guys like Duncan and Tyler are prioritized. Where maybe they wouldn't have if you had two more years of Dwayne and uh, you know kind of you know Dwayne was never a ball stopper, but it was more of an ISO half court offense. So I think it changes the entire way they they play. You know maybe they don't uh, invest they they don't invest in a guy like Bam. Maybe they're going more for like a a, a guy who is ready to play and ready to win right now because Bam seemed, seemed like more of a project when he was drafted. So I, I, the, whole, the, the whole mindset of the organization, I feel like, would be different. You know, Spo became, like you said, Spo, it became Spo-centric. Spo became the biggest star on this team over the last four years, you know, until mm-hmm. Jimmy walked through the door. You know, it's, it, well, you, it's Spo or Dragic, right? <laughs> so I, I think Spo wins out, and Spo became, you know, 30 and 11 put put uh, Eric in, on a different echelon as far as coaches in the NBA. So, yeah, I think when you talk about who would be here, I don't know if any of these guys would be here if Dwayne, if Dwayne had never left. Um, and that, that includes Jimmy, by the way. I think that's the, that's the main one right there. Mm-hmm. Would Jimmy be here? That, I think that's even the biggest thing in question. Because, again, Hero and Ben were both guys who were supposed to go – what, what is it, higher or lower in the draft? Which one's the, the right one that I'm looking well, for? Well, yeah, here? they were lower, both supposed lower. to go after, a, after they did. After, he took exactly. them early, supposedly, both of Exactly. Them. So I, it's hard to tell if they would have still got those guys because of that specific context. But other than that, Jimmy seems like the right answer here, right? Like, with, without that extra boost from Wade while they played together, where it seems like they were, you know, it was very much them versus everybody else in that locker room. And just, it's not, I don't know if that's the same thing. I don't know if, if he ends up coming. And it's not just that, Alex. It's the way that when Dwayne came back, the way he was treated by the organization and the fans, the that season that he had. I mean, I think it put the Heat back in the in in, in into a national picture, and it also put the Heat in a more positive light as an organization. So, does that yeah. happen if Dwayne Wade just stays here and just declines over two three years, or did him leaving and coming back? And having this crazy, you know, reunion. Well, I guess that depends on who, what they do with the money during that time while Wade right. was theoretically resigned. But let's let's also think of it this way: at the time that Dwayne, I know in the fifteen sixteen season he was somewhat healthier, but you know the health that he found when he came back was not what he had when he left, right? And so I wonder if he steadily declines here like on the Heat's watch without going to Chicago and then going to Cleveland and basically being dumped for, you know, a conditional second round pick, how the fans would have dealt with that. I, I feel like to a certain degree, the fans, and I'll go to Chris on this too. Like, I feel like the fans, the fact that Dwayne went somewhere else and there was a little bit of decline in these two other cities. And then there was also some tumult in Chicago where Dwayne was painted as the bad guy, which and never Cleveland. happened here in Miami, right? And Cleveland. And Cleveland, both places. It was like, okay, wait, wait a second. Like, they're, they're on our guy. Like, they're on our guy. Like, yeah, our guy like okay, you don't want him. Give, give us our guy back. Give us our guy it. back. And then <laughs> you, Kobe you, Altman has a call with Andy Ellisberg and basically says, hey, this is the right thing to do, okay? And I, listen, I know Kobe. I'm going to just tell you like it is, Ethan, Alf, and Alex. Here's the reality. As a fan, right? We were miserable. We had nothing good to watch. It wasn't fun. It wasn't entertaining, right? We missed it. And when Dwayne came back and he put on his show, we knew we weren't going to win titles. We knew it. It was fine. It was a swan song. 
It was completely, we just loved it. It was fun to watch. We watched it every single day. I didn't miss a game. My wife, my kids, it was fantastic. We didn't care. We knew it. Okay, we accepted for what it was. And that's a fact. And that's what happened. And I think that's the thing. I think it is a distance makes the heart grow fonder, like from all directions. Um, I don't think the last dance goes the way that it went if he doesn't leave because no, no, uh, there, no. was, there was an appreciation. And again, if he was a declining, let's put it this way. If he was a declining player, and I was in favor of them keeping him at the time. I was emotional about it. I was a Dwayne guy. Okay, I wanted mm-hmm. him to stay. I wanted them to take care of him. But if, if he declines, like, again, Kobe declined, right? And the 60-point game aside, right, he declined. And the yeah, Lakers perfect. declined to the end with Kobe, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so if, if, if Dwayne declines – it's still taking last shots and the team around him craters and Chris is gone and everything else that happened. You don't have these young, exciting players that they've since added. Like I do feel like it would have soured that whatever his oh, end was hundred percent him leaving and then coming back was the game changer. If he stayed, no, it would have been not good. Do you never think- left? Do you, do you think when you look back at that last year, did, did it make Al for you as a fan? And I know obviously Dwayne meant a lot to you in a lot of different ways. Did it make the leaving worth it? The fact that he has the game against Philadelphia, the fact that, you know, in, in the playoffs the year before, and then, you know, obviously in the last year he has the triple double and everything else. Did it make the leaving worth it? I, th- I think it did. I really do because we don't treat, um, even as fans down here, uh, Miami fans do not treat our heroes really well on the way out. Um, I mean, we, you had Dolphins fans screaming to bench Marino. I mean, it's, it's just what happens down here. Um, and it's not that we're fair weather or bandwagon or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, we are a little bit. We, <laughs> we all know. But, I mean, fans can be harsh. And one thing Dwayne did not deserve was, you know, the harshness of a fan base who's uh, mad about seeing their team lose. What happened that last year is even when the team was losing, the the fans were just so happy to have Dwayne back that it just didn't matter, right? I mean, people were were upset they didn't make the playoffs and they lost some really uh, bad bad games against really bad teams. And, but the most important thing was that, you know, Dwayne was back. He's playing in a vice jersey. You know, he's getting triple doubles in his last game. He's standing up on the, uh, you know, on the scoring score table again. He's hitting game winners versus Golden State. I mean, that's all that mattered that that last year. So yeah, I think it made it all worth it, in in my opinion, because, like you said, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and nothing, nothing made you appreciate Dwayne more than him looking a little bulky in a Cleveland Cavs uniform. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was like. Bring my guy home, please. Like he needs Cuban cooking, and he needs to be taken care of because whatever's happening uh, over there in Cleveland is terrible. Well, the Cleveland thing was the most ridiculous. Chicago, I can understand, and I I know you go play with LeBron, but they were never going to recapture anything that they had. And I just remember so many conversations I had with Dwayne mocking Cleveland uh, that <laughs> even after LeBron left, I mean, I would come back. I mean, he season- mocked them publicly too. when he, when he laughed at the thought of, of oh, no, of he did. Well, that there. was, no, that was my interview. That was the whole like thing. Like a year he, before. Yeah. Right? No, to be at Wallace. Yeah. We were in front of his locker. We were talking about Cleveland. He just started laughing for a minute. And Mike and I were like, how do we even capture that in, in a story? Cause it wasn't on video. And like, just 
just write ha 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 and that was all it was and then all of a sudden he was going to Cleveland and I just I look I was in Cleveland the 14-15 season going back and forth covering the heat and the Cavs but more the Cavs than the heat and every time I would come back like Dwayne and Udonis would would like ask me like so how bad is it up there you know like that was and then all of a sudden like Dwayne was there and and like even UD couldn't handle it and it was just weird like the Cleveland thing I think Chicago we understood I think everybody understood. I think the Cleveland thing, you know, just Cleveland again, became, was sad. Like, it was Cleveland sad. Was it was really, sad. Really, he couldn't get a proper haircut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get his beard lined up properly. Like it was just, it was just like a sad old. I'm sure, dream. it was just that he never trusted the barbers. Or he just never did anything Listen, during that I, whole time I, there. When I when I've lived in other states, like I would shave my head bald. Like I lived lived in. North Carolina, I've lived in Georgia, I've lived in Louisiana. Is that I what was, Dwayne did in Beijing and in 08? Yes, I would shave my head bald until I came home for, like, you know, I came down to Miami for uh, Christmas or another holiday or just a weekend, and I'd go to my same barber I've been going to since 2006, and I'm like, please fix my head, because I, I don't trust barbers in some of these other cities. Now, I could imagine Cleveland, like, I don't even know if they have like modern clippers or if they're still using all scissors. Like, I don't know what's happening in Cleveland, but obviously from the look of Dwayne, he did not trust them. And I don't blame him. I, I never thought about it being about the barbers, but I guess it was about the barbers. I, I, don't, I don't think he found the places to eat. He wanted to find up there. There are just a lot of things he wasn't, wasn't comfortable with. And, and I, I do think looking back at it, Kobe Altman, you know, for all the hate that's directed at the Cavaliers, I mean, they did the heat of solid there. Like I, you know, and I'm I'm almost surprised that it happened under Dan Gilbert's watch, considering the acrimony between the two organizations. I mean, I've told the story before about how, you know, David Griffin uh, was trying to get Norris Cole up there in Cleveland, and there was a, th- a couple of three-way deals that were worked out. They were done the year of the 14-15 season that would have gotten Norris uh, to Cleveland through another team, and that both times that Pat found out that. Norris was going to be routed to Cleveland from the team he was trading up to. Pat killed the deals. I mean, that's, that's the, that was the same trade deadline, trade deadline that they landed Dragic, right? Yes. Yeah. Th- yeah. So th- this, there was a lot of stuff that happened during that time. So I was a little bit surprised, but again, from, you know, everything that was reported, it was, it was Kobe and, and Andy who worked this thing out and, and Spo was surprised. Remember when Andy told him, you're going to get your guy back. And Pat, Spo was like, what? And, and I'll always remember um, Winningham and I doing a podcast that day because, as we all know, Chris was, you know, not the biggest Dwayne stan. Um, and I said, just embrace it, man. Like, everybody's going to enjoy this. Uh, I, I don't think the expectations – this is like Chris is talking about. I don't think the expectations were that high for his return in terms of winning a championship. And I think when you look back at it, the only other thing I wanted to cover tonight was, you know, making the playoffs last year. Um, there was a lot of debate the last couple weeks of the season. Like, would it have been better – for them to make it and get blown out by the Bucks in the first round or to end the way it ended uh, with him and Jimmy Butler <laughs> here in, in Miami and then Dwayne going up to Brooklyn and, get, and making a pass to Udonis basically for a jumper for that double, triple-double assist uh, to get there, the Dwayne's first triple-double in like seven years. It kind of it kind of worked out perfect, right? Like, I mean, if you, uh, I mean, hundred percent, right? Perfect. I wouldn't I mean, change much, anything. I mean, much better, right? I mean, I, I yeah. if if he loses four nothing to the Bucks, how are we feeling? This is a thing. Everybody wanted it. 
But what you did not want was Dwayne to go out there and have a sad playoff performance in a sweep. Correct. Exactly. You know, I'm talking about 12 points, four assists, three rebounds on 34% shooting or something like that. Like you, you did not want to see that happen. So the way they, the way they went out, listen, I, I know that I, I'm not going to sit, sit back because someone could probably go find my tweets from last year where I was <laughs> hyper disappointed where they didn't make the playoffs. But when you look back at it, you, you see, first of all, it put them in a position to get Tyler Hero, who we all think is going to be a star one day. And second of all, it the last two d- games of Dwayne Wade's career will always go down in our memories as great games, as fun games, and it's not sad playoff Dwayne, uh, you know, booted in the first round. It just isn't. No, Alex, would you, Alex, what were you rooting for at the time? I mean, listen, I again, this is another one, man. I don't want to be a, the the cop out guy, but I was seeing it both ways. I was I was just telling myself that I would find a way to be happy with both because I definitely wanted to see Dwayne in the playoffs one more time. It's just against everything in me to not want Dwayne in the playoffs and for him to not, you know, to finish his career not in the playoffs, I thought was wrong. But then, you know, we get some draft picks. It's not the worst-case scenario. And like I said, it's not like we were missing, you know, one of Dwayne's prime years or last prime years. So, you know. I'm glad that it happened at the end of his career rather than in the middle of his prime. No, at the time we want it to happen. Let me just let me just say this: at the time, absolutely, we're rooting for it to get Butler back. That's the, the reality. Is you know, it was it worked out. And so the only question is this: to end with, will we ever? Jimmy's come in. He's taken the town by storm, but he's not Dwayne. He's not homegrown. Um, Bam is homegrown, but. You know, it's, he's kind of been anointed as next. Dwayne seems to want him to be next, um, and he said that. Bosch seemed to have wanted to be next. LeBron came in and obviously did what he did, but will there ever be another? Now, will there ever be another that reaches Dwayne's not just brilliance, but connection with the town and longevity, all of those things? Um. <laughs> they would have to do something fantastic in the playoffs in their first year. Um, that's, that's what Dwayne did. It just never stopped, right? That was, that's the thing about Dwayne. There wasn't a slow build. Like, <laughs> there wasn't, like, years, you know, two years of him coming off of the bench and, uh, you know, potential. And, I, you know, I hope he's good. No. Year one, hitting game winners in the playoffs, going to the second round, you know, taking Indiana Pacers team that was was actually really good, you know, and giving them a hard series. Second year, Eastern Conference Finals. Third year, Finals MVP. And just never really looked back. Even the years where they missed the playoffs or they were out in the first round. I mean, he was one of the, if not the best, one of the top three players in the league. So, like, it just has to start on such a high note and never really, really come down for anybody else to to reach that pinnacle. Now, if you're talking about other sports, Tua can do it. Um, if Tua is – if Tua comes out first year, makes the playoffs, uh, second year, you know, you know, uh, conference championship, you know, if he's in the Super Bowl in the first three, four, five years of his, of his career because how big the Dolphins are down here, Tua can be that guy, and he has that personality, and he has that name recognition, and just people like him already, and the way the fan base is already reacting to him. 
But I mean, if it takes, you know, six, seven, eight years, he's not, everyone's going to start comparing, well, you know, Dwayne did it from day one. So that's where it's going to be hard. It's going to be almost, it's damn near impossible to do what Dwayne did. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if there's any other better way to put it. Right. I think I've said it pretty succinctly. There's he's, no one's going to get close to this. I, I don't think on the heat anytime soon, as much as I love, Jimmy, Bam, and Hero, I think they're all great in the foundation, the future of the Heat, and they're awesome. They just don't compare. And I think I also agree with Alf that Tua has the the potential to do it. He has the – even more has a head start over Wade because he came out with the with the high profile and with kind of being the, the biggest prospect in football other than uh, – I'm blanking on his name right now. The, the one who went number one, uh, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was it was basically them too. It was like if they would have gotten basically LeBron or, or Carmelo in that old three draft yeah. instead. No, and Alf nailed it. I mean, the reality is Marino dropped his forty-eight touchdowns in year two. I mean, right? And that's exactly pretty yeah. much just elevated to that point. Yeah, I, I think that, like Alf said, it has to happen early. Um, but I also think a, a player has to hit on something in a community. And I think what what Dwayne hit on in this community was he was vulnerable in a lot of ways, and and I think people saw that, and so he was he was touchable for a lot of people. You know, you, you didn't feel, and maybe it's because when he really became big, he was with Shaq, and Shaq was the larger than life figure when he first came in, and yeah. so Dwayne seemed like the easier to connect with. He wasn't seven foot two. He wasn't, you know, he. He looked more like you or I could look uh, than, than, than Shaq did um, just from a size standpoint and everything else. And there was a connection there. But I also think people saw Dwayne grow up when he first came in. I've always said this. I felt like I had nothing to talk to him about. And then over time, he's become this sort of, you know, figure in so many different walks of life at this point where he has something to say about everything. And that wasn't him at the time. And I think well, people saw him grow up. They saw him deal with, with tragedy. They saw him deal with, uh, they saw him deal with adversity in a bunch of different ways. And he became more and more human. And, and I just don't know that we're ever going to see an athlete who connects that way for such a long period of time in this place. I will say that's why it's going to be hard for Tua because he's coming with so much fanfare that that got to up. Yeah, that growth that you're talking about, that uh, the the fan base down here, guys like Alex, guys like me, I'm um, I'm older than Dwayne, but um, but a guy like Alex, I'm about the same age as Dwayne actually, but a guy like Alex who grew up with Dwayne and and saw him, you know, go through all these, you know, went from a guy that was just ours to becoming a national guy. Tua seems like he's a he was a national guy that became ours, right? And so. The yeah. fanfare is different. He's it's like LeBron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's just so much more. There's so there's so many more expectations on Tua. So it it'll never it'll almost never feel like we're fighting for our guy. Like we always were, would fight for Dwayne because we grew up with Dwayne. Tua Tua has come to us as a known commodity. So it's like it, it's you don't have the same sense of I don't want to say ownership or I guess the same you know. This the same sense of like this is our guy, right? This it's it just it almost feels like he's a Bama guy living in Florida. But that'll you know, change real quick if they win. It will. It will. Quick, I just quick, I think quick, it's quick. gonna I think it's gonna be really hard for him yeah. to live up to all the expectations. For sure, no doubt. 
All right, Chris, before you go, tell people about your company, what you're going to be doing. You're going to be hearing a lot about safecubbies.com here with us over the next couple of months. All right, I'll do the best I can. All right, so we, safecubbies.com, go to the website. You can find us on Twitter at safecubbies. The reality is uh, we have a lot of different solutions that could fit any business, classroom, school, anywhere. It's all designed so if you have a kid that's going to a school and they want to, you know, if they're in a classroom, they can be protected and they can take off their masks so they're not sitting in a classroom with their mask all day. Same with businesses. You go into your corporate office, you sit down, you get in your space, you can take your mask off and relax. I have a lot of stuff on the website as far as blogs and supporting information that says this is probably going to be the way to go for a long time. So I just, you know, hope everyone goes to the website and learns about it and. We'll see. All right. That's safecubbies.com. Again, follow five reasonsports.com as well. Also, you break wheelfix.com. Got that 10% special off the four wheels. We are going to be on every day, Monday through Friday, on Dash Radio, on the Nothing But Net channel. Also, an announcement tonight we've added another social media account to our kind of portfolio here. So look for that announcement on five reasonsports.com and look for really cool content on the YouTube channel. We're happy that the NBA is giving us access to a lot of the things that are going on. And I can tell you that Alex and I are planning, see how it goes, planning to get up to Orlando uh, as media for the uh, return of the NBA, if there is a return of the NBA, uh, which we're hoping for. Um, July 30th is when games start, August 1st for the Heat, and Alex and I are planning on being up there. Not in the bubble for three and a half months, but as part of what's, <laughs> I guess, called Tier 2B. Do you want to spend two, three and a half months in the bubble? You can spend three and a half no, months. No, no, I'm good there. <laughs> All right, check out 5 safecubbies.com, and, of course, you break wheelfix.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.